0: following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.
1: Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message.
2: Hello, everyone. We're so glad you tuned in today, and uh, we're excited to get to be here once again to uh, Bring an online service to you this Sunday. Happy Sunday to everyone watching. Uh, we are practicing our social distancing, trying to stay as far apart as we can here to, uh, to comply with uh, what's been asked of us. And I know you're probably there in your home this, this morning and uh, enjoying your family together. So we're excited about that. We've got the crew back here with us. Uh, maybe we get a wide shot. We've got Ramey Whalen there. Ramey, but everybody. Will, Nick Preston uh, over there. Jake Watley, Justin Pate, Matt Hobson. Uh, myself and uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Leslie. That's what my grandson calls him, Jeremy. Jeremy Jeremy Leslie. And uh, so we're gonna basically do some worship today. Uh, We got, I believe, a real word from the Lord. We're gonna share the scripture with you. We'll give you opportunity to give again. And of course, we'll be taking communion and we're gonna be talking about moving toward Passover. Uh, This next uh, week and we're going to be implementing some things there that hopefully will help us really align. This is going to be a very important week, uh, I believe, in the world as uh, God is dealing with this global crisis. And it's going to be a peak of it probably. And isn't it interesting that it's happening right here at Passover. And so we're going to be talking about today. Our message today is a door of hope. And uh, we really believe that in the midst of all this, God is opening a door of hope. While we're getting ready to worship today, while we're getting ready to move toward that, uh, I want Matt maybe to give us a quick
3: update on uh, All In Alabama, how that's going. Well, uh, we were fired up. We just got back last night from Dallas and Otaga Counties. We had an extremely uh, powerful visit. This is David Perry, Pastor David Perry at Selma House of Prayer. And uh, just to be able to stand in Selma where Dr. King preached. in Elmore and then they pastor this church crowned with glory mysteries and they're doing a really great job of being the ecclesia. Uh, I will share a quick testimony about the trip. We connected with a district judge in Dallas County. His name is Bob Armstrong. This is the photo of him and they have a unique church that that God just gave them where no one is paid. They have no staff member paid. It's all volunteer led by businessmen and women and they rotate speakers but this district judge uh, was he had the highest conviction rate for you offenders for a long time, and he was a 60-year-old Presbyterian that got filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And Somebody said, "Why, instead of just sending people to jail, why don't you figure out a way to help them?" And so he's decided, "Let's try to change the culture here." And in his 15 years, they've seen youthful offender rates drop 80 percent. Wow! And incarceration rates drop 90 percent in their county. So he is truly being the ecclesia, feeding people, having father initiative programs. I mean, they are changing Dallas County. So what a great example. We had a powerful trip, and uh, that was our 24th county. So we're 24 counties down. And as Martin Luther King Jr. said in Selma, we're not turning around now. We're Amen. moving forward. So,
2: <laughs> Well, thank you, Matt, and the team for continuing to go. Most of it's obviously done in the same way. Parameter less than 10 people on uh, social media, and so, but we're continuing to go to Alabama and proclaim the word of prophecy and what God's doing in the state of Alabama, and to continue to keep a perspective. You know, I, I wanted to share one thing as we're getting ready to worship. I was sent a text last night uh, by by a dear friend of mine, and it just so blessed me uh, because of the perspective that he's get, that he's getting in his own life from this this circumstance we find ourselves in. He said he simply said something really to think about. Here's something biblical to ponder. Forty days the flood lasted. Forty years Moses fled Egypt. Forty days Moses stayed on the mount to get the Ten Commandments. Forty years Exodus lasted. Forty days Jesus fasted. Forty days between, between Lent and Easter. Forty days, tell the woman to rest after giving the number 40. Remember that we're in the year 2020. 20 plus 20, 40. 40. 40 days for spiritual liberation of our nation. During quarantine, rivers are cleaning up. Vegetation is growing. The air is cleaner because of less pollution, less theft, less murders. Families are bonding again, eating at the table together. We are praying for our neighbors more than we ever have. The earth is at rest for the first time in many years. Surely you can see God has not forsaken us. I believe he's preparing us in the Bible whenever the number 40 appears, there's a change during that time, no matter how horrible that time may have been. So enjoy it. Return to the family altar together. It will be of great blessing and you will see changes that God can work in you and your family. Isn't that beautiful perspective? And then he wrote of his own words, I thought about this before I saw this post, and I can see it playing out. People in my own neighborhood walking out in the yard, kids playing in the yard that hardly ever happens in our neighborhood. People speak and wave that normally never occurred in our neighborhood. Some of the older people in our neighborhood that we we're able to talk across the fence to because we live in a community that has a river, said that they haven't seen the river this clear in 50 years. And the quality of air they haven't seen like in places in four decades. So I'm taking advantage of it, walking for an hour today uh, during this quarantine. Well, okay, I'm trying to get a, get away for the kids for a while, but I am getting in shape. And so it's just perspective, isn't it? And I really believe that today the Lord's going to give us a a perspective, a biblical perspective of what He's doing. We just got a couple of really quick announcements I'd like to make uh, before we uh, move into worship. By the way, as we move into worship, I thought about it, you know, in Revelation it says, John the Revelator was on the Isle of Patmos, isolated, but all of a sudden he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And if John on the Isle of Patmos, isolated, can get up in the Spirit and worship, surely we can do that together here today and on the World Wide Web watching. So we're going to become a spiritual house in just a moment where the Holy Spirit's going to fill your room, fill your living room, fill your bedroom, wherever you're watching this, fill us as we're worshiping together. But just a couple quick things. As you notice, Davey Leverett's not here today. In the midst of this, him and Brianna had their son. And so we want to congratulate them today. Maybe we can put a picture of him up. Look at there he is. Cove Adai Leverett means man of God. And so congratulations there to uh, uh, Davy and Brianna and Cove. We're so excited to have him. What a gift of God he is and will be to us. So we celebrate that. And one more thing. Our elder, our dear elder Scott Stanfield. (coughs) Excuse me if you could put his photo up. (coughs) Excuse me. Today's his birthday and uh, we celebrate him. And I tell you why we're celebrating him today. In the midst of this crisis, he's been battling cancer. He's had 46 treatments so far. He has three left of these 49 treatments, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Isn't it interesting, he finishes his treatment the day Passover week begins. And so we're praying for you today, Scott. We love you so much. Our church loves you so much. You are such a gift of God to us. We are praying for you today specifically, you and Lori, for strength, for grace, and for mercy, that you finish these treatments, and then it is finished. And we decree you'll be cancer-free, and that you will continue to walk out your purpose and destiny. And so we're praying for you today, and we love you, and we bless you today. And Father, we just welcome you today as we worship. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. And so, Lord, we just go all out in worship now. They're There in your homes, join us. Maybe take a posture something differently. Maybe stand up. Maybe get on your knees at some point. But let's just enter into the presence of the Lord together today. Lord, we worship you. Ble- we bless you. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way in our midst right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's worship.
1: Singing, oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. how precious there is power in the blood of jesus how priceless how precious there is power in the blood of my Lord, now I'm raised to life forevermore. My name's been carved upon your heart. No, not death, no, not hell could ever rip us apart.
2: Song is so prophetic. We're not holding on to the keys anymore. We're opening the door for the Lord to come in. We find ourselves at a very, very interesting place uh, here in Alabama, like most of the parts of the United States and the world now. We're shelter in place, so we've been ordered to our homes. And it's like the whole earth has been put on pause. And so, when we go to scripture, we've been talking about this, but it just keeps getting richer to me. We've been talking about this Selah moment, uh, as we find in the Psalms, where it says to wait or pause. Interesting, our uh, Governor Ivy this week had a pastor there with her when she was announcing shelter in place, and he got up and said, "This is a Selah moment," and it was very powerful to realize prophetically that what that's what God is saying to us—that we are in a Selah moment. Now, just to refresh your memory about that, the word Selah means a moment of pause. We read it throughout the Psalms and in the book of Habakkuk, but it's basically a musical promise waiting for fulfillment. So they're singing this prayer. They're singing this Psalm. David's singing it to the Lord of his trouble, of his circumstance, of his situation. All of a sudden in the middle of that, he says Selah or the word Selah. The word silah without the H means rock. When you add the H, it's just like the H added to Sarah, Abraham. It's the promise to go with it. It's the covenant promise. And so basically what he does is in the midst of his trouble, in the midst of his crisis, he says, wait a minute, we're going back to the covenant rock of promise. And we're going to pause and see what heaven wants to do. Now, the, as musicians, when you get into what they call a suspended chord, we've talked about that, the tendency is because there's so much tension in it is to want to play something, say something, sing something because it's so uncomfortable. So see, the reason we believe we're in a Selah moment is we're in a place where we have to wait, we have to pause, and there's nothing we can do about it. All we can do is wait for another musical term, which is the resolve. And only God and only heaven can bring the resolve. And so let me give you an example in Psalm 3 of how this works. Here's David praying, Lord, how they have increased that trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there is no help for him in God. Selah. So he says, look, increase trouble. Many are rising against me. Many are saying there's no help. What does he do? He doesn't react. He just says, pause. Wait. Now all of a sudden, heaven comes and answers and says, But you, O Lord, are to shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy place. All of a sudden, you're in a crisis, you wait, God responds, and now you go to the next level, you go higher. Wow. But then he records another silah in that moment. And then he goes on to say, I laid down and slept. Now that tells me he's not scared. (laughs) He's not worried. I laid down and slept, and then I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O God. Strike my enemies on the cheekbone and break their teeth for salvation belongs to the Lord and your blessings upon your people. (laughs) And so we see David rising in these moments of Silah as God brings the resolve. And so what's interesting is in these moments of waiting, we don't need to be anxious. We need to be expectant. This is what Isaiah talks about, Isaiah 40. Uh, I got my Bible out today now. I'm going, right? I got nothing, nothing digital about this. It's a hard copy, right? Isaiah 40, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. That word wait means to expect. Wait hopefully. We can't fix it. We simply wait for God's resolve. And as we do, when something supernatural happens. We exchange strengths. Strengths. I give God my weaknesses. I give God my anxiety. I give God my fear. I give God my doubts. I give God my insecurity. And God gives me His hope, His love, His peace, His joy. And it all comes in this moment of waiting. Let's not waste this moment of waiting. Waiting upon the Lord. Because the Lord, I believe, in the midst of this crisis is opening up a door of hope, this was prophesied back in 1986 by a man named David Wilkerson, which was the um, pastor of Times Square uh, Church. Uh, I think I thought I had it here somewhere. I may not. I may not have it in my notes, but it was prophesied in 1986 by David Wilkerson that he simply said something so powerful. He said that there would come a plague on the earth. And uh, it would shake government. It would close down bars, government, and churches. He prophesied this in 1986. He was the pastor in New York City. He said it would literally affect New York City and shake it like it's never been shaken before. And what would happen is prayerless believers would become prayerful. People that had negated the power of God's Word would all of a sudden turn to God's Word. And then the cry from the pulpit would be repentance. And there would come a global third awakening that would affect the entire globe and the earth. In 1986, he predicted it and and prophesied this. I believe it's exactly where we are. I believe, now I understand people are suffering. I understand people are even dying. And I don't have all the answers of how God's economy works. But I do, do believe there's 50 years of prayer that just got poured out on the earth. We've been praying for global revival. We've been praying for a kingdom revival. We've been praying for the glory of God. We've been praying for the power of God to be manifested and demonstrated. We've been praying for a renewal to bring us back to God and here we are. It's happening and we don't need to waste this moment. People all, I, I talk to people all over the world every day now. Our church in Argentina, different churches around the world, people. You know what's happening? I've not talked to one people who's not experiencing revival. Yes, they're concerned. Yes, they're even afraid. But they're more afraid of missing God. And they're more afraid of missing this moment. If God is resetting us and God is retooling us and God is preparing us for something that is so powerful, a global Selah moment had to come because of what God's doing. Let's be afraid of this. Let's don't miss God. The Bible says very clearly, it says, don't be afraid of those who can kill the body. Be afraid... Be afraid of the one that can kill the body and send it to hell. Be afraid of the fear of the Lord. Let's let's don't miss this opportunity of turning really to the Lord. And I know in my own life, I found myself, we all get so busy, even in ministry and doing church. Somebody prophesied that said God had to close the church so we could find God. And you know what? I'm, I'm telling you, I believe this. I believe we're guilty as churches. By giving people just enough Jesus that they can't really catch him. Yeah. You know, when Belle and I have traveled around the world, we get inoculated, uh, so, to, so to not, and that's what they're trying to come up with this virus. They're trying to find an inoculation that you can take enough of it that your body fights it so you don't catch it. That's what they're trying to find, this vaccination, this inoculation. That's what the search of scientists are. They found it for many things, especially malaria. So as we travel around the earth, a lot of nations are affected by malaria. So they actually give you a small amount of malaria so that you're not able to catch it. And I'm convinced that a lot of us as churches, we've given people just enough Jesus that you can't really catch him. And this is an opportunity where the Lord has put us totally on pause so he can renew his covenant with us. He can renew his kingdom agenda with us. Why? He says everything that can be shaken will be shaken so we can receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let's don't pray to go back to normal. Let's let's pray that this revival of neighborhoods, as we talked about the perspective earlier, continues. Families are finding their union again together. People are finding courtesy and care for one another again. People are beginning to respect the earth in a way we've never respected it before. People are realizing that, that our total dependence on the Lord is important because in reality, there's so many other things other than the coronavirus that we can't escape or fix unless we have our hearts fixed upon God. And the most important one is death itself, because Hebrews says those of us that have been in fear of death all our life have been subject to bondage. But Jesus has broken the power of death so that we don't have to live anymore afraid of death. Death will pass over us this year, and we can live eternally with the Lord. The last scripture I want to share with you, because I'm on a roll right now, I'm getting pretty excited, as you can tell, uh, because I just do believe it's important, is this is so powerful in Hosea. I believe this is the door of hope the Lord is talking about. It says in verse 15 in the NLT translation, I got the New King James, but I think the NLT is on there. It's a great translation. It says, I will give her vineyards from there and the valley of trouble will become a door of hope. She shall sing there as in the days of her youth as in the days when she came up from the land of Egypt. Man, our door, our valley of trouble, God promises will become a door of hope. What is the hope? I love this same passage in the message translation. Here's what it says. And now here is what I'm going to do. Isn't it nice to know what God's going to do? It says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start over again. How many of you just like a do-over? I've prayed this recently in my life. Lord, can we just start over? I've made so many clumsy mishaps. I've I've had so many times I've disappointed myself probably more than I've disappointed the Lord in my actions or behavior. But i just like a do-over. I'd like a fresh start. I believe that's what this is. It's a fresh start. This season, Passover, it's the new beginnings. It's the, we know that's what heaven's saying in this season. I'm going to start over again. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm taking her, speaking of the body of Christ, I'm taking her back into the wilderness where we had our first date. And I'm going to court her there. And I'm going to give her bouquets of roses. And I'll turn heartbreak valley into acres of hope. And she will respond like she did as a young girl those days when she was fresh out of Egypt. Ah, I feel the Lord every time I read that scripture. Do you remember what it was like when you first met Jesus? I can tell you, when I first met Jesus, there was nothing else in my life that was more important than Him. Just the reality of He had saved me from my sin. He had delivered me from my destruction. He had opened my eyes to see that I had a purpose and a destiny and a calling. And what happens is, sometimes life itself has a tendency... To lure us away. You know what lures us away from the Lord more than anything else? Blessings. Not one time in the Bible did people turn away from God when things were bad. They only turned away from God when things were good. And all of a sudden we just get comfortable and all of a sudden we just get caught up in the blessings and in the goodness and we cannot deny the fact we're blessed. We are all, most people I know drive climate controlled cars live in climate-controlled homes, have plenty to eat. Not are we going to get to eat, but what are we going to eat? We are just so blessed. And I believe what's happened is we've, we've been lured asleep uh, by the blessings of the world. And there's nothing wrong with blessings. Only when we start trusting them instead of trusting Him. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit is moving us back into a relationship with the Lord that... The Bible says from the youngest to the oldest, from the least to the great, we're all going to know the Lord. Can you dream with me a minute? What will happen when not just the preacher knows the Lord? Not just the leader knows the Lord. Not just the worshipers know the Lord. But everybody knows the Lord. Uh, our, our children know the Lord. Our seniors know the Lord. Our moms and dads know the Lord. Know the Lord's. This is what the Lord's doing because it says the glory of the Lord is going to cover the whole earth like the waters of the sea. We're on the verge of a global awakening of the kingdom of God. What's our responsibility? How do we get there? Man, this lit my fire this week and I'll hurry. It says the valley of trouble will become a door of hope. This word hope, catch this, is tikva. T-I-Q-V-A-H. Tikvah means hope, expectation, something yearned for, and something anticipated eagerly. Something for which one waits. So let's catch this. Whatever God's doing right now, I promise you it's good. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts and plans I have for He says, God, thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a hope-filled future. So while we're waiting in our homes, we're not waiting for destruction. We're not waiting for the negative things. We're waiting with a great expectation that God is doing something significant and our hearts are being filled with hope. Now hang on. This tikva comes from the verb kavah, Q-A-V-A-H, meaning to wait for, to look hopefully in a particular direction. Lift up your eyes unto the hills, from whence comes my help. Now check this out. The original meaning was to stretch like a rope or to hold in tension. And so this time of waiting, tikvah, we're being held in tension, waiting expectantly for what God wants to do. We're not sure what God's gonna do. We're not even, we don't know the details. But in our hearts and spirits, we know it's got to be something good. Now, what's interesting is it's translated rope or line. And you know where it occurs? In Joshua 2.18, where Rahab was instructed to put a scarlet tikvah or a cord on her window so God would rescue her. So Rahab, if you don't know the story, lived in the wall of Jericho. God was about to bring down the wall, and the spies came. She hid the spies, and her reward was God would save her and her family. And they said, what you need to do is put a scarlet thread on your window so that we know not to destroy your house. That is the word tikvah, or hope. What's God saying to us? Hang hope on your door. Just hang hope on your door. This Passover, we're just going to hang hope on our door. Tikvah, our, 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 our expectation is not in the government. We're praying for them. We're asking our expectations, not in the scientists, even though we're praying for them. Our expectation is not in the economic situation being turned around. Our hope, our expectancy is in the Lord. And we're hanging on our door, the Tikvah, the rope, the scarlet thread of hope, believing God's going to bring the resolve to this. And so this next week, we're going to begin on Wednesday night. That's when Passover begins. Bev and I are going to come live every night at 6 p.m. And we're going to take communion together for a full seven days. And in the midst of that, on Sunday, this Resurrection Day, we're going to broadcast from our home. And here's what we're encouraging you to do. Exodus says, here's how to celebrate Passover. Eat a meal, dressed up, ready to go, because this is the Lord's Passover. And so isn't it interesting that this year we live Passover. We live it. We've been forced into our homes. There's a plague in our land. We don't know what God's going to do. We don't know who's going to die. We don't know how many's going to die. We don't know what the economic uh, fallout's going to be. We don't know what the future looks like. But we only have one instruction. Eat a meal, <laughs> apply the blood, hang hope on your door, and it will pass over you and God will bring you out. The plague is not designed to destroy us. The plague is designed to deliver us. And so what we're encouraging everybody to do this next following Sunday is dress up. I may put a suit on. Why? Dress up like we're going somewhere. Not a normal day. Not pajamas. Not casual. We're we're dressing up and we're going to eat a meal as a family. A celebratory meal. You know what we're believing? Psalm 23. The Lord is preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And then at some point during that service, we'll talk about the blood. We'll worship a bit. And then we're just going to go to our doors, and we're going to hang hope on our door. And we're going to recite Psalm 91, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And all we're going to do is wait expectantly for the Lord's resolve. And we believe that this Passover, God is going to bring His resolve, and we will see the tide turn, and we will see God's plans unfold. So we just speak peace and joy and expectation into your heart today. We want to enter back in worship just for a moment. Please stay with us. We're going to come back after a little bit more worship, and then we're going to have communion together, and we're going to pray a prayer of blessings. So let's let's get back into worship a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Let faith arise.
0: In spite of what I see, Lord, I. To help my unbelief, I choose to trust you. No matter how I feel, let faith rise. Let faith rise. For my champion's not dead, he alive. Oh, and he, he already, already knows. Knows my age. Surely he will come and rescue me. God of miracles come. We need your supernatural love to play you. Through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God. Go! is breaking, but I'm not broken yet, you're
2: God of miracles the prophet told us three things keep worshiping keep giving and trust the blood and so we want you to prepare communion there in your home if you are today if you can today we want to have communion with you we'll do one more worship song and then we'll have communion we'll show you how you can give online thank you for your continued generosity it helps us continue to do all the ministry that God's called us to do but we believe it's also breaking the spirit of of Egypt off of us as we continue with our generosity. The prophet said, keep worshiping, keep giving, and trust the blood. We'll be moving toward Passover this week. We'll be generous with our first fruits. Come before him. Don't come empty-handed. It's going to be extravagant, and we believe we're going to see a significant breakthrough. The Bible says they left Egypt with the wealth of the Egyptians and not one sick or fever among their tribe. We're believing for the God of miracles to be our portion in this season. So if you don't mind, get communion ready. we're going to go into worship one more song and then we'll end with communion and prayer and we just bless you today as we go to the Lord's table together. Thank you Jesus) oh. song are so powerful let go let go and receive God's grace and his word and be it unto me according to your word he is the anchor of our hope and as we were worshiping I was thinking about the scarlet thread on the door of hope and I pictured our Messiah on the cross hanging if you will on the door of eternity as our hope looked like all was gone and finished. But three days later, he gets up out of the grave. He is our hope. He is our anchor. He is the one we trust. And so in this moment, while the anointing's here, call upon him while he's near, the Bible says. I think first of all, before we go to the bread and the wine, we, we first say, God, we open the doors of our own heart. And maybe we've lost hope in our own hearts about eternity and about following you. And so, first of all, Lord, we ask that you would would put the scarlet thread over the door of our own hearts. We return to you, Lord, and we let go of those things that have held us back from fully accepting you and following you. We take this opportunity of waiting to renew our strength and our hope and our covenant with you, God. Thank you for putting us on pause and bringing us to the desert once again as our first date and renewing our love and our covenant together with you. And now, Lord, we look toward our homes and our families and we hang the rope of hope today on the doors of our homes and our families, trusting that you will protect us and keep us and guide us and lead us and provide for us. And, Lord, we look to this week as we could be the the peak of the crisis of the globe. And we say you are the God of miracles. You can turn everything around in a day. There is nothing impossible with you. Lord, we use wisdom, of course, but we trust that in the midst of this, at the peak of the crisis, you can do something supernatural that only you can do. So we pray for one another. We pray for our government officials. We pray for our city, state, local officials, our our government, our, our state, our United States officials, the world officials give us the wisdom and the strength to navigate this week but Lord we set our hearts toward Passover that God somehow you will do something significant this week in the midst of this that will be unforgettable that it will be history made of how you moved in our life. So Lord we take the bread today representing your body broken for us And we thank you for the covenant promises of your word in our life. And we partake by faith today in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift up the cup and we remember the blood covenant. This is the blood that you shed for us. This is the blood of your covenant. This gives us the access, the blessings, the forgiveness, the promises, our hope in the future. All because of your sacrifice and your covenant made with us. So Lord, we let go of everything except our covenant relationship with you and we trust you to resolve our personal issues, our global issues. We put our hope and our faith simply in the blood covenant that you've shed for us. We partake by faith today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your goodness being released today upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen. We speak blessings to you. You know, we're going to keep the live streaming going for the next 10 minutes or so. There'll be uh, uh, charts that come up there, slides of how to give, how to send a prayer request if you need specific prayer. We're meeting specific needs for people uh, that that are out in our community. If you know someone that has a need and we can help you meet their need, all of this will be rolling on the screen. We're gonna worship a little bit more. We just speak blessings to you as we continue to worship here. And uh, please send us your prayer request, any thoughts or comments. Thank you for your generosity in giving. We look Wednesday night to begin Passover as we begin to take communion together for seven nights in a row. Then we celebrate Sunday. Our first fruit celebration of Passover. It's going to be an exciting day. We'll give you more details of how to celebrate with us. We love you. Have a blessed week. I love you so much. Be blessed.
1: This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach. 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org.
0: This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.